0: Dear Lord, I just thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing right now. You're so good to us, Lord. And right now, Father, in this moment, this very second, Father, we stand in awe of you. all knew for a bit of a while, it's been a minute, I know it has, of Who Am I? Identity Crisis of Youth Today. This is a blog type podcast with a collection of articles, comments, and ideas with lots of truth to share with others that are really interested in seeing real change in our youth today. Yes, I know it's been a minute. If you heard from me, this is Devin Harris, the director of Full Circle Refuge a juvenile justice ministry that serves the southeast U.S. for the past 20 years. I know it's been a while since we've been together, and uh, I just had a heart for it. Um, It's been a busy summer. It's September now. I I thought that as as it gets cooler, maybe, and as the time changes and the nights get longer, I'll have opportunity to get up into the upper room to share a bit of my opinion on my mind based with truth. And uh, I'd like to start tonight just to give our conversation correct focus um, with the book of wisdom as our key thing. It says here in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8 in the God's Word translation, everything I say is fair and there's nothing twisted or crooked in it. God said that, even though it's written in the Book of Wisdom, um, written as the Book of Wisdom is from a dad to a son of telling many things about life. You know, the Book of Wisdom, the Book of Proverbs, is very uh, dear to me. Um, I try um, to read a Proverbs a day. Um, As has been said, um, there's 31 chapters in the Book of Proverbs, and there's most likely 30 or 31 days in a month. Um, a proverbs a day who keep the um, devil away um, try it you might like it um, you know chapter 1 has a kind of a, a foundation start off and um, it's a dad telling the son in chapter 1 verses 10 through 19 how to stay away from that mentality of gangs on the street um, how to understand what their end result is you know chapter 5 um, talks about the wife of your youth and um it's a very special one to us. Myself and my wife have been married 32 plus years. And chapter 10 talks about the righteous and the unrighteous or the wicked and the wisdom. As you look for throughout the rest of the book, it gives you a lot of things, even how to manage your money, how to manage to be a steward, how to be a good leader, how to be a good employee. Um, chapter 31, um, the last piece of that talks about a virtuous woman or a real woman. You get that? No ratchet woman, Uh, no fake whatever in plastic woman. I'm talking about a real woman that God is blessed, that that really looks out for our family, looks out for our livelihood, um, compliments her husband. Um, It it encourages as her husband is talked at the gates um, in the marketplace of the world today. I truly believe my wife is a virtuous woman check it out ladies you might find something that these these guys are looking for I know I found one and I enjoy what I have Um, so that's the key verse everything that I say is fair and there's nothing twisted or crooked in it take it to heave now for the last three years we um, at Full Circle Refuge uh, have been looking at a concept a book uh, written by a very powerful young man, a a rapper, a Christian that is a rapper. Its name is Trip Lee. His name is Trip Lee, and he wrote a book that's really challenged this old guy me. Um, it's called The Good Life, and uh, we gave that out to many kids a couple years ago. About 500 books we gave out in lockup for Christmas. It really changed a mindset of young men and some young ladies and it was a lots of questions asked as they went from chapter to chapter and I decided to develop a um, summary PowerPoint so we can go in each month and confirm some things, challenge them, rehash some things, uh, get rid of some myths of what the true good life is. And um, We've been enjoying that. Um, It's been very powerful. Um, We actually took that same mindset this year in April. And created what we call in South Carolina the Good Life Urban Church based on that foundation of a good God, the good book, the good news, the good people. Um, and uh, you know we enjoy explaining that to the culture. and um, I like to <clears throat> read um, a first insert from Tripoli's book um, just to keep us going with our opinions based on truth. Um, It says here in the good life in chapter 1, three great enemies in this life, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil is God's great adversary. He doesn't have horns. He doesn't carry a pitchfork. He doesn't own hell, but he does have a lot of influence in this world, in our world. In fact, he has so much sway that the Apostle Paul refers to him as the prince of the air or the prince of the power, power air. Ephesians two two. He is constantly feeding lies to whoever received them. That's the key. Received them. The Bible calls him the father of lies. John eight forty four. The world is the system that supports and distributes his lies. World in this context refers to the system and methods of operation among sinful men. Now I don't think we're writing off the whole world here. Okay. Don't get all twisted up on me and feeling all ratchet the world system is controlled by the devil and it leads us away from truth and the flesh is our fallen sinful nature our flesh receives and believes these lives sometimes or excuse me some things something has gone wrong inside of us so our hearts have an appetite for falsehood we'll talk about that What's gone wrong a little bit later, he states here, Triple E. Instead of rejecting these lives, our fleshly taste buds buds crave them. The result of this devastating world, flesh and devil, I got this new word, trifesia, like three perfections, is that all of us align ourselves with false ideas about how we should live. I mean, it's amazing sometimes. we, We talk to kids. And they're so twisted or disconnected. And it's not coming, I'm talking about, from the secular world sometimes. It's coming from the twisted, disconnected church or folks that take in God's Word out of context. Um, you remember what we stated in Proverbs 8, eight? Everything I say is fair and there's nothing twisted or crooked in it. And people take things out of God's Word and twist it and crick it and make it crooked um and and we're the ones that represent god and so the world looks at us and thinks we have that niche on god when we don't sometimes it, you know i i'm a good social media guy and i enjoy it if you don't know me already um i'm, I'm not obsessed i just think it's a major tool to reach the masses with a thought or a comment from somebody else. Um, I have like 2,500 fr- probably friends on there, as I always state, I only know about 10. Not really, I know more than that. But uh, y- you can read uh, the the news feed of Facebook sometime of your friends and you can see a personality or makeup of a person by what they're stating, how they're feeling, their emotions, um, uh, you know, Sunday, we're preaching Jesus. Monday and Tuesday, we're saying something else. Friday, we're partying with the devil. It doesn't make sense sometimes to me. Um, It's really distracting to me to see people that say Jesus is Lord in their life and Savior and don't act upon it. It's just a cliched type word or a concept that they have. So it really confuses me. Another book that uh, I've been really enjoying uh, for a year now, because I'm a slow reader, I I dog-eater a lot of books in my physical bookshelf and in my Kindle bookshelf. Um, And one of the books I've been reading for a while uh, has been inspiring to me and other men Real men, I say, godly men, or kingdom men, is kingdom men, or a kingdom man by Dr. Tony Evans, um, really inspired man in my life, um, from the early years of Full Circle Refuge, of um, seeing him speak, um, even come to our local area, and also an opportunity back in 1999 to attend a inner city. Ministers' conference in Dallas and hear him speak and see his operation of kingdom agenda. Um, and I, I really fall back on that to saw what I've seen and what it grew to. So this book is very powerful. He's come out with Kingdom Woman now, and uh, I believe Kingdom Parents or Kingdom Kids, something like that. But I'm still plowing through Kingdom Man. And um, he states in the first chapter as he kicks this off. He gives us a reference of Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. A treasure is worth fighting for, he states here, Dr. Tony Evans, a priceless treasure like this one is worth everything you have. But I don't take my word for it. But he says, don't take my word for it. Jesus said it himself. The reason why so many men today are living without so much as a semblance of treasure is because they have not understand the mystery of the kingdom. Instead, they settle for trinkets, gadgets, I like gadgets, golf clubs, video games, career, cars, vacation packets. Can I say a little bit more here, Dr. Tony Evans? Football, baseball, basketball, whatever your flavor is. And he came, going back to what he states here. Quote, Those things are okay unless they take you off course from pursuing the kingdom, unless they become your gold. You know, I was actually talking to a a urban pastor a couple of months ago that's uh, planting a church in a very unique area. We got on the 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 thought of of idol worship and um, how men. Uh, levitate to different things and uh, he was ministering as the story goes and I'm going to probably get it wrong but we'll get the context of what I'm trying to get to uh, he was ministering to a, a, a person from India and they were talking about if you understand their background or religion they worship many gods they can add it to their table of gods and their statue they can add Jesus to their gods they can add Muhammad to it, and they feel just fine. They can add a cow or a rat. But the as he was witnessing to the person from India, he stated to the guy, which was from America, that America is no different than India. And he goes, what do you mean? You have many gods too. Um, he says, I ride through your cities, and I see people with logos and emblems and flags and statues of animals and uh, bulls and cows and bulldogs and eagles and devils and everything posted on their cars, on their windows. We make commercials out of it. We wear the shirts. He's talking about our obsession with um, sports. Um, As I know my own life, um, I wasn't raised to love sports. I was raised by a godly man, my dad, to love life, to love God, to love family, to love work, to love nature, creation, to love our bodies, to love our wives. Um, These are priorities. Um, It's nothing wrong with sports in itself, but when we become obsessed, uh, we feel like we're using it as our fighting words, like we're playing a chess game. It's really ridiculous today. Uh, we've gone so far, and most of these guys are making too much money. Yes, they have skills, I agree, making too much money and It's the latest news that so we've had one just beaten on his current wife in the elevator, and uh, we're just banning him from that you know um it, it's really ridiculous how we have people that we respect so much that chase around a piece of pig skin um to you know to their level and uh you know it's it's really ridiculous how we fight for these things and uh, if we have that same mentality to fight for god as kingdom men man we can really rock this world Um, even in our ministry as we're currently doing orientations for one of our programs to reach at risk men um we did several trainings in the last several months And uh, our goal was to set it up where there's no excuse for no man to say, I can't make it to a Tuesday or I can't make it to a Thursday or I can't make it to a Saturday morning. I stretched it out through two months, a variety of times and dates, um, a variety of locations geographically. And um, we've had many no-shows or we've had one person or we've had ladies, which is not a problem, but we're really trying to, to find this to reach young men with men. And uh, it's a pretty sad fact what we deal with. But if I said we were going to have a big screen TV, uh, nachos and cheese, direct TV with the latest game in 3D or whatever, uh, even to go as far as we're going to have beer there or whatever, We've have Pack house. Um, it's so f- sad how we we disconnect and what the impending danger, if you're a follower of Christ out there, you're a Christ follower, Christ-like, or what we like to call sometimes Christian. Um, this should be our main priority in life. Um, this is not our home. We're here for a temporary stay, but we have a mission that we need to be called to. Speaking of missions. Um, I was reading an article by a good friend that I've actually never met but I'm encouraged by every time I hear him speak, write, or even in back in the day rap. And you go, oh no, another rapper, Devin. Well, <laughs> this guy is a pastor. It's um, had some conversations with him over email, over the past, and he's moving forward in life to really impact the culture. Um, he's a short statue of a man, Puerto Rican, um, that's really reached across all barriers of nationality. And that's D.A. Horton. And he wrote an article a couple months ago called The Mission Field of the United States. And I just want to use this for a background as we kind of wind up this conversation on the latest podcast. He's stating here, The Mission Field of the United States. It says, first of all, a definition of mission field. Not many churchgoers in America see the United States as a mission field. Often when the word mission field is tossed out from pulpits on Sundays, thoughts of indigenous or indigenous tribes or the guys that are in some jungle somewhere, in Amazon jungle or remote Africa flood mines to help bring a balance to how Americans view the mission field I'm defining it as, he states here, D.A., any place that people live where gospel proclamation is minimal and a biblical influence of the church is not felt. To me, D.A. Horton says, the mission field is both across the seas, international, and across the street, national. In all of my travels, he states here, across the United States, each trip confirms the fact our nation is indeed a mission field in dire need of gospel penetration just as much as any other nation outside of our political borders. The mission field of the United States includes any and every stretch of land where people live and not and are not seeing the implications of the gospels connected to the, the reality of life. This mission field then includes the inner city, just as much as the suburbs and rural communities that house people who are in need of the gospel and a healthy church i agree this is what i believe i have a passion for I, um, you know is full circle refuge has been created and morphed into involved into to reach the culture wherever i can have an opportunity to speak truth if i had to drive miles to speak to one because of the independent danger of their future. I will. That's stated by me. He highlights some things here I like to highlight as we wind up. He says, our declining mission. Here's some facts for you if you don't know what's going on in America. In May of 2013, it was reported that 77% Americans' polls believed religion is losing its influence in the United States. Wow, I truly believe, too, because we can see the culture we're made fun of as Christ followers. Uh, the government doesn't think we're relevant to anything. Uh, we can answer a lot about the, the international crisis of today. Biblical, we can. We can redirect some things because we're truly connected to the almighty God. We are. We are. As he states in the same thing, he says, As Christians have stopped sharing about their faith, our nation's population has continued to boom, which puts great distance between the soul of our nation and the message of the gospel. In August of 2013, it was reported that one out of five non-Christians live in North America, does not personally know a Christian. I mean, think about it, listener. Your neighborhood, your cul-de-sac... Your sphere of influence, your workplace, your church, do they truly know what a Christ follower is? Do they truly know that? Challenge yourself. He also says, our designation of missionaries, what the church in America must do is make an effort to live on mission. We always say that live on mission daily why each believer changes the way we view ourselves. We must begin to see ourselves as missionaries, commission by God to share the gospel with our lips and live in the lives, live in the homes, communities, jobs, and schools he has placed us in. Wherever you at, listener, you are a missionary. Just because I state that I'm a missionary, I've been called out, doesn't make me something special. He states here, first of all, to have a healthy missiology includes mission, Or excuse me, biblical evangelism, discipleship, and committed to a local church. Balance cultural research and holy living in the midst of those who are wicked. He states here number one, you gotta have biblical evangelism and discipleship, which is it's so missing from the culture of church today. We get a good sermon. We feel good, we shake the pastor's hand, we go out to eat at a buffet, act ugly, go home to sleep, go to church that night, go back to work. We forget about it. It sounds like we just doing our daily duties as some religions do today. The next thing he says to commit to a local church. Commit, not a pew warmer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actively. You know, they always say 10% of the, the membership is actively. Only the people that are active in the church, doing things within the church or outside the church for you folks to think you can only sweep the floors, which is fine, but you gotta think about what you're doing. It says here, number three, have a balanced cultural research. Do you understand what's happening in the world? Are you just shutting your doors to the culture change? The impending danger is there, it is. Do you understand what your child is listening to on a daily basis? Through the media, through their 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 uh, their phone, not their iPod anymore. It's not called that. There's no such thing. Through their smart device, when they're listening to their latest iHeart tunes, and you think they're listening to some good Christian Christian wholesome music. So you got to understand what's going on in the culture. Number four, we have to have a holy living, holy sect. Sanctified means separated from the culture. We're in the culture, but we're not part of the culture. We're not here to bash. We're here to live in, to be the light and salt in the culture. He states here, our daily mission as we wind this up. The United States of America is a mission field, and God realizes it, and it's time we do too. We need to realize it's a mission field. In response, God has sovereignty and strategically placed and is still placing Christians in America to live on mission. It's time for us to start seeing ourselves as missionaries making gospel advancements into the community we live in. It's time for us to practice biblical evangelism at home, school, work, and everywhere in between. As God provides us grace to see him saving the lost, we must be active in connecting these new believers with local churches that practice biblical discipleship. It's time for us to research the issues of our culture and develop biblical positions that we share with the lost as we con- we are conversing about the topics we have a passion for. The lost in America must see us as genuine ambassadors for from God's kingdom that live a lifestyle different from the kingdom of darkness, as we proclaim the message of our King. If we remain committed to these practices, our nation will see the darkness and push back by the light. Pushed back by the light of gospel. D.A. challenges us here. My challenge to us, he states, the American church is that we would see our present location as a mission field and that we respond biblically in the way we live on mission as we advance the gospel discipleship our local churches and holy living on a daily basis and i concur to that amen to that can i get an amen can i get an amen are you saying it as a cliche? amen, means you confirm, you believe, you agree, and you're going to take action. You're going to conquer the heal, stating from an old soldier. Well, that's my nugget piece today for you all. I hope it's beneficial to you. It's beneficial to me, um, you know, as we tackle this week of being on mission, being mission-minded. Truly define that in your life, please, this week, Um, as we seek opportunities to be on mission. If you'd like to check us out, you can check us out at our website. Of course, you might be listening from the website or iTunes, but if you didn't know about us at Full Circle Refuge, you can Google us, Full Circle Refuge, or you can go to our website at fullcirclerefuge.org. And you can check us out on Twitter, FCR Ministries. Or you can get me personally, Dev, that's D-E-V Harris 10, on Twitter. That's my handle name. I'm on Google+. I'm, of course, on Facebook. You can check out our Facebook page there also. Um, so if you like something that you hear tonight or you like to hear more, I'm always researching anything about the culture. So I challenge you today. Thanks for your time of listening. Hope you put feet to these words. And as my friend Todd Freer says from Wretched, and I'm taking his statement, go serve your king. I'm out. All I do is chill. Speaking life over music, get the nation healed. Yeah. With a flow skill better yeah. so ill, yeah. you would lock everything if my soul's real. Woo! Now I'm finally living what I'm called to do, and I don't want some, I want all of you. You made me a man with cows and now for you I stand it now.